Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 67 of Reality of the Rose. I'm your host, Natalie Sprink. Well, welcome to episodes two and three of Bachelor in Paradise. Um, Here I was thinking they would maybe give us a few weeks of just one night a week to watch, but um, right off the bat, uh, second weekend, we get Monday and Tuesday night, and I didn't even realize it until well into Monday night's episode. Um, But the upside of that, and uh, maybe, maybe my biggest takeaway from this week's Bachelor in Paradise is that you can watch four hours of Bachelor in Paradise in three if you do not include the commercials. It can be done. I started at 6.30 this evening and was done even before 9.30. So life hack there, just uh, just record Monday night's episode and watch it Tuesday night and then record Tuesday nights and watch it right after Monday nights and you'll only be done half an hour after it ends if you start an hour early. Did that make sense? Hope so. Because it really didn't work out too bad. Um, So, all right, we got two episodes to recap here. So I, a little bit struggle. I said this last episode, I said how it was um, difficult to, it's difficult to recap this show because so much happened with so many different couples. Um, Also, when you have to do that uh, times two in one night, it makes it a little bit challenging, but we're going to sure give it a try here. Two pieces of sort of bachelor tea. um, Well, a few. So one, um, I don't, can't remember if I said this, and this is a little bit of old news, but one Clayton and Susie are broken up. Um, but I did see that they both are on Caitlin Bristow's podcast. I've not listened to it yet, but they are on as a broken up couple, Um, and apparently it's tear jerking, or at least that's the clip I saw or heard. And, um, so I'm anxious to kind of listen to that and see what, what like the purpose of her having them on there as a broken up couple was. Um, but then also, um, I guess it's somewhat official that Peter and Kelly Flanagan, pilot Pete are together again, which is also quite interesting because, um, Basically, as I don't know when it was, maybe a year ago or so when they they were sort of like rumored to be together, but then not. And she pretty much went on a bunch of podcasts and like did a smear job on on Pete, like was not talking very good about him and kind of slamming him. And it's curious to me that um, now he's good enough for her. So I would be curious to hear some kind of interview with the two of them. But I guess apparently they are together. Um, <clears throat> but also another interesting little tidbit, which is, is removed from couple information. But apparently, for the first time ever, there were current current players on this Bachelor in Paradise season like that are currently on that were tweeting things um, about like live tweeting during apparently last night's show about specifically and most specifically, I should say about the whole Sally suitcase thing, which I did think was actually really strange. And we'll get to that. But, um, Genevieve, um, tweeted, please look at the clues. Is this really Sally's suitcase? Genevieve, uh, tweeted that yesterday while the show was on. Um, then she also tweeted that I thought the bathroom was a safe place to hide. Nowhere is safe. And this is, I believe, didn't she go into the bathroom to cry? And then Jill tweeted, let's use some critical thinking here, guys. Who would bring a vibrator and a waffle iron to the beach? Critical thinking. So they live tweeted that. Um, Justin Glaze tweeted... Uh, LMFAO, Kira was at Stagecoach. This whole story is news to me. Anything for some screen time, though, I guess. Sigh. 
And then she tweeted back, you okay, bro? We had several short conversations while there. Get some glasses and a better attitude. And then I, this is on a different post. And it does look like there is definitely a picture of Kira at Stagecoach. They included a picture of her there. Um, <clears throat> we had... We had Joe, grocery store Joe saying, opening up someone else's bag, not cool. And then Susie Evans saying back, if I had to guess, that is not Sally's suitcase. Roll my eyes. And then Marlena Wesh, Marlena Wesh. Well, I, she was on last Bachelor in Paradise. She said the show is childish as hell for what they did to Sally. And then she also tweeted, um, and y'all wonder why we be crying every episode. It's because we don't want to get on the producer's bad side and have a vibrator planted in our fake suitcase on national TV. So this is sort of like, I guess, sticking up for Sally. Um, so interesting. Now, Marlena is not on there this. She is not on there this season. That was last season. But still, Genevieve, Justin, Kira, um, they're like live tweeting at each other during this. So interesting. I don't, I don't really follow Twitter, so I should, I should feel like I should try that, but I feel like I follow so many bachelor accounts that I can just let everyone else do the work and I can read it. Um, so anyway, yeah, interesting stuff. Okay. So we are going to start the recap here. Otherwise I will never get done. All right. So we are going to start at, um, episode two, first segment. So we start with a little scene of the crabs everywhere, um, which for the record, I've heard this is like real. Um, this is definitely not a setup scene. Uh, heard many interviews of people on Bachelor in Paradise that say the crabs literally are everywhere. They're like in the shower, they're in the bedrooms. They worry about them getting into the beds. That it's just, that's disgusting. Like, sorry, but that's gross. There's also no air conditioning apparently at this place either. So I'm not sure what kind of a resort this is that they're staying at, um, that there's no air conditioning. That seems so strange, but okay. So we also start with Victoria Fuller's entry, which that is where we ended the last episode. And Jesse greets her and she gets a date card to use. Um, <clears throat> just saying this girl is so pretty. I think she is a drop dead gorgeous and she has got a body to die for her ass. I mean, come on. How is that? Maybe it's not real. I don't know, but how is that real? But she is so pretty. Her eyes, like, I don't know. I just think she is so gorgeous. But apparently everybody else does too, because when she comes down or when she, yeah, when she comes down the steps and approaches everybody, the girls are all immediately intimidated by her and the guys are all like ooing and eyeing, awing over her immediately. Um, I don't blame them. Um, so she pulls Logan first and then, um, they talk and then she pulls Johnny and they show Hunter completely stressing. Um, they show Shanae somewhat stressing, but not, not as bad as Hunter, which I'm already going, oh man, because I really like Hunter. I like, I said this last time, I really liked her on Clayton season, but she didn't get much airtime, but I followed her on Instagram. And I think that's where I got to like her more just from her stories and her posts and things. I just think she's so cute. Um, and she just seems like such a normal person. And, um, and, and she's been getting a little bit more screen time on this episode. So I'm already freaking out. No, I'm not freaking out. That's, that's very aggressive statement. Um, I am like already kind of sad thinking that possibly, you know, she may be leaving the show already. Um, anyway, so then, um, we have Michael just sort of ITMing about this whole thing and, and Victoria, yeah, Victoria coming, um, have you noticed that I'm pretty sure they're going to make, I feel like Michael is going to be like the um, grocery store Joe from last season. Like he's going to be kind of like the, like the grandfather. And I'm not using that term like literally because he's old. I mean, I just feel like, like he's like the go-to like uh, main boss man kind of mature guy that like, you know, everyone just looks at as like the, you know, top dog kind of thing, but he's not in nearly as so far as cocky way as sort of grocery store Joe got to be, but it's 
good because grocery store Joe is like company man, company podcast. Michael's just this cute little guy that just like such a nice zaddy. And I had to look that word up because I don't even know. No, Allie looked it up for me. I don't even know what zaddy is. And I still don't get it because the dic- the dictionary um, definition is zaddy, a sexually attractive man, especially an older one who is fashionable or charismatic. So, but I don't understand why Zad, why is there a Z? Like I could see like, if it was like, um, you know, like it's obviously a play on the word daddy, but it's not even like a sexually attractive man that is a dad. It's, it's just, especially an older one. And what, what is the Z? I don't like this word. It doesn't make sense to me. So, but apparently Michael's a zaddy and they've referenced that that's even in his little, like description of himself or has been either which way uh michael is sort of like the new like narrator like big man on campus guy i feel like which i'm okay with um but she ends up picking justin for the date and genevieve starts to spiral um okay so after the commercial we get back justin um pulls Genevieve to talk before the date. And he explains that like, he was just like very, this, this conversation would, to me was like very mature and Genevieve handled it. Okay. In the moment with him, except she just sort of kind of like gave him the cold shoulder. So maybe she didn't really handle it that well, but he was just like, look, like, I feel like I want to do this. This is pretty much, this is like, this is paradise. This is what we're supposed to do is pursue other relationships. And if we really have a good relationship, then this is like a test for it. And, you know, if we're good, we're good. And she's like, "Mm, yep. mm, Okay. Yep. And he's like, are we good? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, complete subtlety there, like no indication whatsoever that it bugs her. Um, except that we get to hear it over and over and over and over again that uh, she doesn't like this. Like we, we get it. You don't like it. Um, so they go on their little uh, date, Victoria and Justin, and they go like on this UTV ride on these dirt roads and they're getting, you know, like splash of mud, blah, 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 blah. Then they have this little picnic by a waterfall and um, they sort of keep going back and forth between Victoria and, Um, and him having fun and talking and then going to Genevieve to is like kind of going crazy and like being super like over the top and dramatic about this, which it just kind of cracks me up because it's been a day. Like literally it's been a day that you have like spent time with him. Granted, you probably spent almost 24 hours with the guy, which is probably longer than anyone spent with either Gabby or Rachel on their seasons, like combined, like a hundred percent, I'm sure. Um, but nevertheless, it still has been a day. So just chill out just a tad. Um, that's the game. That's the game, I suppose, Natalie. So just, you know, take it. Um, but in this moment, Victoria is seeming definitely like the better choice to me because, you know, I, I remember having mixed feelings about her on Peter's season because of how sort of forward she was and it almost felt like she was being like excessively forward for the cameras possibly. Um, I didn't, I didn't dislike her on Peter's season, but she was not like one of my favorites. I just, I wasn't necessarily rooting for her to win. Um, but she is seeming to me at least more normal and chill and just like maybe what she is like more authentically, um, because she seems like, like the conversation they have when they're by the waterfall just seems like a, like what a normal conversation would be. There's not a lot of dramatics involved. There's not a lot of like, um, like bachelor phrases involved, which I guess just in general with bachelor in paradise, that, that that's true of just bachelor in paradise. I mean, that's, I think what I love most about paradise is that the conversations are not so canned and so predictable and like same phrases used. And, uh, 
it feels more real to watch. Like it feels like what reality TV is supposed to be. Like you're just like listening in on someone's real conversation. And it's not a conversation you can predict with the same, like uh, our connection, our journey. I'm have feelings for you, you know, like you're like, you're so vulnerable and all of that. It's just like, just the words coming out, you know? Um, but she seems just more chill, I guess, than Genevieve. Um, and then they show Genevieve talking to Andrew. He's trying to comfort her. Like, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So cut to segment three and we have Kira and Shanae talking and Kira is, they're sort of talking about like the guys and the options and Kira talks about being interested in Casey. Um, I, you know, last week she rubbed his nipples. So, you know, I guess you could call that like interested if you want to call it like rubbing someone's nipples, like that you're interested in them. I mean, I guess fine. But um, then they show Casey on a walk down the beach with Michael and he kind of calls her like crazy or maybe he doesn't use the word crazy. I think he says like she's wild and she's like, I, and she, and he says, you know, like, I'm looking for a good girl. I'm ready to get engaged. He's like, my love language is is tacos. <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. Like the guy's cute. I think my favorites are Casey and Michael, honestly, because they're probably because they're the closest to my age besides Jesse. Um, but he's, he's just like, I need a good girl. I don't, I don't need a care of rubbing my nipples basically. Um, so then they show Jacob and I love, I think it's so funny that they're giving him the fool edit. And I don't know that we got any edit, honestly, of any man in the last uh, season of Gabby and Rachel. So any edit that we get of any of these guys of their season, I think is great because we get some personality. Um, and, and again, that's a general thing about paradise is that we get to see some personality that we don't get to see on the regular show. But he's definitely getting a full edit and they show him like exercising on the beach with, I think, Sierra and Serene, maybe. I'm not sure. Two, two women. And he's like do having him do push-ups and having him do these exercises. And then in his ITM, he was he was talking about like, he's like, no, you know, like, I feel like I'm in really good shape. I don't think I need any. There's no like room for improvements, except maybe like a little bit in my abs. And I probably like it in my arms, maybe in my chest, but that's about it. And um, he's just I don't know. I like him. I think he's funny. I don't think we're going to get any serious relationship with him. Probably. I think feel like he's going to just be like our, our fool at it. Laugh, laugh at him kind of guy, um, which I'm okay with. Cause we need that. Um, so then we have Sierra ITMing that Michael again is a zaddy. I just hate it. Don't like that word. He's just Michael. Let's just leave it at Michael. Um, and um, they show them having this little talk and that they're vibing with each other. And I just like here again, like this conversation seemed like super, I, I want to say just like mature and normal because he's talking about his experience after his wife. So as a reminder, his wife died of breast cancer and it was like they, they had just a baby. She, their, their little boy, his little boy was like just a baby when she died. And um, so he was talking about like how he, since she died and he's dated, um, even though he went on the bachelorette, um, he like, he'll start getting close to someone. And when he does, he just, it's like, he, he puts these walls up and he ends up just like getting scared and pulling back. And, and he was talking about this with her and he was talking about like, like how when she died, even the way he slept in the bed was different. And she was being like the best listener, which if you listen to me, you know that listening is a um, technique that that a skill, a skill that not a lot of people have that are good at tr true listening um, and not, and listening to understand, not listening to respond. And she was like being the best listener to this. And she even got like teary eyed when he was talking about the whole bed thing. And like, it was just this really good feel. I felt like it felt real to me. Maybe I'm like being just like stooped. I don't know, but I just felt like it was a real conversation. seems like they have a pretty decent connection and he seems like such a good guy that I hope that, 
that they do. Like, I hope, I don't know. I, and I like her and you know, she was another one on, on, um, she was on Clayton season, right? Or Matt's Clayton's. And I didn't really care for her all that much. And I can't remember why. Um, I don't think she got tons of airtime, but the airtime that she did get, she seemed a little too sassy and low, almost like in a, like, look at me sort of way, but I'm not getting that vibe from her at all here. Um, but obviously everyone's edits are different because, um, well, I'll have more say about Jill and Genevieve later, but like, I didn't mind Genevieve on Clayton season and I'm not liking her on this season. I, everyone hated Shanae. And of course they're making us like her. Um, we, none of us even knew who Kira was. And I went from not knowing her to not liking her, <laughs> but everyone, like I were getting to know them all in a fresh way. Um, so whatever, they had this great conversation. Okay. Then cut to commercial. When we return, it is, um, Haley. Oh, dear Haley. Uh, so she is thinking that I guess she has this connection with Logan, which we have never seen. Um, they've not shown us that connection. If they, um, if, if they did, that that's not been aired, but she like for is continually ITMing about Logan and this potential connection. And but Logan, at this point in the show, you know, is seeming like he's more into Shanae. So Haley is talking to somebody, I forget who, maybe Jill or Genevieve, I can't remember. But, and she's talking to her about Logan. And in the meantime, there, the camera pans to right behind them, where you can see Shanae and Logan in the ocean. And they're like frolicking in the ocean and having fun and just like, being chill, kind of just looking like they're talking. And then all of a sudden they kiss and she sees that. And so then they show her pull Logan and it is, uh, it's like painful. It's like the most awkward conversation ever. Um, it's just so awkward. It, she tries to be funny and it doesn't come across as funny. It doesn't land with him. She tries to be witty and it just is not landing with anybody. I almost feel bad for her in this moment. It's one of those where I'm looking away. I really had to cover my eyes for this one. I oh, it was painful to watch. Um, and I I don't know. I just couldn't look. So, um, then let's see. Oh, Jacob comes out with a date card and, uh, the date card goes to Shanae and she asks Logan. And I made a note here that I'm like, what, what happened to Victoria and Justin? They went through like two entire segments without even showing them again. Um, but like this entire segment from one commercial to the next was mostly about Haley and as we know, she ends up going home. So I often wonder, like, really, what was the point of giving her one whole segment? Because all she did was kind of look like a fool and kind of look like she was like this, like desperately wanting Logan to like her, but like he didn't at all. And she was just projecting what she felt for him onto us through her ITMs. None of us being convinced by it at all. And I feel, Ooh, I didn't like it. I didn't like, I would have rather them for her sake, not spend any time on this and like focus on something else. There had to be another another relationship or something else I could have focused on. But this entire thing was focused on Haley ITMing about Logan and what they, she thought they had and they don't have anything. It turns out. Um, so then we cut to segment five. All right. And, uh, we have everyone talking about like where, um, like showing each, it was, so it's nighttime and there's like, I don't know, there were six or seven of them around a fire sitting down on the beach. And they got on the subject of comparing scars and where they got their scars from. And a couple people were telling about where their scars came from. And then Sierra announces, and I can't, I, you know what? I did not hear what she said happened. I think she, I might be completely and totally making this up. So let me know, please let me know. But like something 
some infection happened in her finger and she had to get it cut off. Did I just totally make that up? Something happened when she was young to her pinky finger and it had to be amputated. And I was like, how, how have you been through an entire season of the bachelor and, and this far, okay. Okay. It's only a second episode, but this far into bachelor in paradise and no one ever knew that you had only four fingers on your, I think right hand. Like what? I <laughs> That to me, besides being able to watch the show in three hours, even though it's four, was like the second biggest takeaway from this is that Sierra Lee has four fingers in one hand. How do we not know this? This seems like crucial in some form or fashion. I don't know exactly how, but... Um, so, oh yeah, so we're still not done with Haley. So um, we, get a, we get Haley again. She's again talking about her connection with Logan, her connection... Um, and by connection, she means no connection whatsoever. Um, so they have, let me see how I'm doing here on time. Okay. I'm getting there. Um, so then they have, I need to, I need to speed it up here. Um, so Genevieve, then they show Genevieve and Haley, um, both like, okay. So basically both the guys that they sort of like are on dates with other people. So because Logan is with Shanae and Genevieve, um, Justin is with Victoria, right? Okay. So then they show, um, Shanae and Logan and they like go somewhere in Mexico to some boardwalk place, like on the beach, it looks like maybe that's like a bar and they're dancing and like they're having fun and drinking and, um, they're like clearly bonding and verbalizing to each other. They're sitting at a table verbalizing how much they're into each other and how they both hope it goes somewhere between them and how they're really excited about it. Um, and that was that. So we're definitely getting the uh, um, distinct impression that they are quite into each other. I, you know, I'm just going to stop for now and um, I'll be back in just a second. Okay. Okay. Here is where the weirdness starts. And, and I hated this segment. Um, irregardless of seeing the live tweeting from Genevieve and Jill about the whole Sally suitcase, I thought the whole segment here with Wells telling the story was so weird and odd. And like they deviated from the structure of the game and went into like acting mode with Wells and whoever else that was. Um, I didn't like that because, you know, it makes me feel like that whole segment was therefore produced. I mean, it was like, and I, for me, it was completely obvious that all of that was like, and maybe, maybe it's obvious to everybody, but it was so produced and I'm not sure yet. I guess we'll find out next um, episode or the fourth episode if it was in Sally's favor or against her favor, because like it seemed, it did seem like it was meant to sort of make fun of Sally, not sort of it, it was. Um, so if you didn't watch and you want just a brief synopsis of how this went down. So um, we have lace that's like up in the girls' room and she's just like in there. And she apparently looks like down at this suitcase conveniently and turns it around. I mean, there was all these suitcases sitting there. So why she, it just, this felt so, 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 so just rigged by everybody. Um, but she sees a suitcase in the room and it says Sally on it. Like in this, like, like literally on this piece of cardboard paper that written out taped to the suitcase. I'm curious if they all had their names on there like that. So it says Sally, she goes down to the other girls and she's like, Hey guys, come up here. And they're like, Oh my God, what happened? What? And they were worried about what it was, but whatever. She tells them to go up there. They all go up to the room and they explain who Sally is. If we forget, I forgot who they were talking about. Um, they, Sally is the girl who at the very, 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 very beginning of Clayton's season before even the limo entrances, um, she was the girl who came to Clayton and was, had been engaged and the engagement got broke off, but she didn't feel like once she got there, she didn't feel like Clayton tried to give her the rose and because of her fiance and because she wasn't sure about her feelings, she decided to leave before the limo entrances or anything. Well, I guess somehow 
she just for the freaking like three minutes she was on the show, she is somehow included in Bachelor Nation because apparently at Stagecoast, Justin and and Sally were all over each other, like all over each other. This is apparent according to Kira, and I think even someone else said that, but apparently they were all over each other at Stagecoach. So um we th- so that's a reminder who Sally is. Um but she's from Clayton Season and that was background with how she would tie into this. Okay. So the girls like decide to open the suitcase. Why? Like, why would you open her suitcase? Because I don't know. I just don't like this. So the girls just, and, but it also, it also makes me curious why on that post that I just read from both Genevieve and Jill, they were both like saying like, like basically this was a setup by producers. Like that was not Sally's suitcase. Like, like do your research, but, but I don't, I don't really care. Like, why did you open the suitcase? Why are you opening someone's Did the producers? I'm, I'm guessing the producers told them, please open the suitcase. And my guess is this what happened. The producer said, open the suitcase and go through it. And they stuck a waffle iron and the vibrator into the suitcase and when they opened the suitcase, apparently like those girls got crapped on, um, by bachelor nation fans saying, why would you open her suitcase? Like, I can't believe you would do that. That's like completely infringing on somebody's privacy, which it is, but they were probably like, wait a second. Like the producers told us to do that. It wasn't really Sally's suitcase. And so they were probably pissed off that, people were getting pissed at them for going the suitcase when the producers actually told them to do it and made it seem like it would be funny. And in actuality, people think it was funny. They thought it was completely rude. So they were defending themselves against the producers. That's what I'm taking away from it. Either way. So they open her suitcase. They find hair extensions, a waffle maker and a vibrator amongst her clothes. It's all weird. And they start like throwing the vibrator around and touching each other with the vibrator and like squealing and giggling and stuff. So all, all very weird and immature. I didn't like it at all. Um, and, uh, so the girls all go down by the bar and they ask Wells if they know if Sally's coming and they have this whole segment on Wells. Like, do you want to hear a story? And, let me see if I can remember exactly how it goes. He says that the, that she wanted to come to the par- the producers asked her, she wanted to go to paradise. She was like, yes, I want to go in the producer. I want to go in paradise. And then the producers were like, um, wanted to make sure that she got on her flight. So someone went to her house to make sure she got on the flight. Well, while he's telling the story, like they're, they're cutting to this like scripted, like it's supposed to be funny, I guess, but it's Wells in a wig who is playing a producer and Sally and some other guy, I don't know who it is in a, in a wig that's playing Sally. And like they show him drive up to the house and whatever. So a produ- so just as I'm telling the story, keep in mind, they're like showing us these things happening with Wells pretending like he's this producer and Sally is this other guy. So they go to the house. She says, I'm not getting my flight because I have diarrhea. (laughs) So the producer's like, I don't care. I'm still coming. The guy, the producer goes to the front door and someone else answers the door. It was some other guy who is another person dressed in a wig and like a fake beard. And then Then she decides, no, I am coming. (laughs) And then they're on the way to the airport and she's like, wait, I need to stop and talk to my ex-fiance first and tell him I'm doing this. So they're like, what? So the producer, she's like, but they can't see you. She can't, they can't. Sally says to the producer, we can't, the fiance, my fiance can't see you. You have to hide in the trunk. So the producer hides in the trunk for four hours Sally finally comes out and is like, yeah, I'm coming. They go to the airport and they're about to get on the airplane. And Sally's on the phone again with her ex and the gate agents like, well, you have to board the plane. And they're like, and then, then they cut back to the girls at the bar and they're like, so did she come? And Wells is like, um, 
well, she says she's still coming, but, and they're like, well, how did her suitcase get here? And he was like, well, because we checked her luggage, but she didn't come with the producer then, but now she says she's still coming. What? I don't, this whole thing was so, first of all, I'm 99.9% sure that was all completely made up. And if it wasn't completely made up, it was only a fraction of a version of the truth. I'm guessing. And I don't know if Sally is in on this or if she's not in on this. I, I can't wait to just see how she acts and reacts on this show. And after the show, I am so, and I, why did they have to do this stupid little acting with the wigs? They should stick to humor that naturally occurs on the beach, not start these little skits. It was so dumb. It was so dumb. I did not like this part at all. So let's end this part and go straight to segment seven. Cause we're not even on the second show yet. Um, all right, I'm going to start speeding up here. So then finally, Justin and Victoria come back. Genevieve's acting like she doesn't care. Um, they show Genevieve talking to Hunter. I loved this little scene here because Hunter is actually eating. Do you know how on the other batch, like on the, on the regular shows, they never eat. They always stick food in front of them, but they never eat. She's actually, actually eating while she's listening to Genevieve talk. Okay. So then Justin goes to talk to Genevieve. Um, it happens to be her birthday today. It really is. It's not like Lace the last time she faked it. Um, he, he essentially tells her that he is, um, like just confused. Cause he really had a good time on the date with Genevieve. And he's like, how do you feel about that? And she's like, basically after hearing that I'm checked out and he gets sort of mad at her because he's like, this is what the show is for. This is what paradise is for. Like we, we spent a day together and you're just going to check out because I said that I'm confused and whatever. They had this little argument. Um, she's like, I don't think I'm the one you want, whatever. He says, I'm trying to have conversations to figure out what I want. He can't just flip a coin. He's got a point. All right. Cut to segment eight. Um, Romeo ITMs that he doesn't want to commit on day two to a relationship. Um, and he is currently with Jill and like they were sitting together. Jill goes to leave. Excuse me. And he goes and talks to Brittany, who we've seen very, very little of, but I actually think she's a cute girl. She's apparently from Matt's season, I believe. Um, he asks her if he, if she would be open to pursuing something with him. And she is definitely like hesitant because she is, you know, she's saying because of her relationship with Jill and her friendship with Jill that she just doesn't know, you know, and that definitely he would need to talk to Jill first and work that out. And he goes in to kiss her and she like, she totally defers it and, 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 and what is the word I'm trying to think of? Um, dodges it. Thank you. Dodges the kiss. And, she ITMs how awkward the conversation was and he's definitely not her type of guy. So then Romeo goes to talk to Jill. Jill saw this go down or well, I guess she didn't. Yeah. She kind of saw it go down, but then Brittany came and told her what happened and she gets totally pissed. Um, but he goes to talk to her and he's like, you know, this is paradise. He wants to pursue other relationships. And she like basically runs off and tells him to go away. She's like, go away, go away. They go, she goes like up to her room and he follows her to the room and she's like, go, just like, go away. I told you to leave. And I, she's being a little dramatic in, in Jill fashion. She, Jill is a very dramatic person and I'm not the hugest Jill fan. I, I, I don't like super over dramatic people who, um, I don't know. It just feels like very over the top, but, um, so, so he leaves, but then he goes and cries. He's crying. I was what, um, she's just being, and then she's just being really cringy. I don't, they're like a weird couple. I don't, I wish they wouldn't get so much airtime. Cut to segment nine. Now Jill is crying, saying Romeo doesn't care about her. So first she says she doesn't care. Go away. I could give a shit less. Now she's like, I'm crying. He doesn't care about me. I've been bamboozled. Um, again, here I'm wondering, where's Victoria? Let's see some more Victoria. I don't care about Jill. She is getting on my last nerve. 
Um, haven't seen Victoria since the date. <laughs> so now it's the rose ceremony and um, the men have the roses. Jesse comes in and he starts like basically the cocktail party. And um, they show Romeo steal Jill from talking from to Casey. Um, she, they like kind of argue again. He's apologizing, but like she yells at him. Yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm sorry, but I'm a great person and you effing know it. And like, she says like, I, not that that's an odd thing. It's fine to like say I'm great. I deserve good things, but just the way she says things and the manner in which she says them and the intensity in which she says them just feels very out of control. Maybe I don't. So I feel like he's dodging a bullet and she's dodging a bullet. They should just find different people. Although we see that like no one cares about Romeo later, but, um, so, so, I mean, like, I uh, know again, it's been one day, it's been a day and they're crying over each other. Um, she says she's not going to give him another chance, even if he gives her the rose. So Romeo then like tries his hand with everyone and he's failing miserably with everyone. Like he tries Haley, tries Kira. Um, I don't know. He starts crying again when he's talking to Kira. Then he goes to Haley again, starts crying and talks to Haley. And that's basically where episode two, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Episode two ends. All right. We're going to go right into episode three. Uh, we're back at the cocktail party and, um, we start this episode with Jacob. Um, and the fact that he is a hot commodity because he doesn't really have like a definite, um, person he's going to give his rose to. It's like completely up for grabs. So you have Haley, Lace, and Kira all sort of pining for him and doing their best to get his attention. Um, Kira's specific uh, strategy is to blindfold him, and she goes, um, obviously with producer's help, and puts Leafs, you know, to um, go hand-in-hand hand with his Tarzan, like, situation leaf down there. She also has a situation leaf and boob leaves. And that's her method for Jacob. So we're on segment two already for uh, episode three. And we have Justin asking Victoria to talk. And um, they both at this point are verbalizing, like wanting to get to know each other better, like wanting to spend the next next day together, getting to know each other. Um, but then we still have Genevieve talking about Justin. I mean, still ITMing and ITMing and ITMing and ITMing. Like, how much footage did they get of her talking to him? Um, so Justin pulls her now and he says he, um, still wants to show her he's, he cares for her. So he got her a cake for her birthday. Um, it was like a funny little, like it, it wasn't a blooper moment, but moment, but it was like, see, I don't know if I can, I can exactly replicate it, but he says something like, um, you know, I want to do something nice for her. So I got her a cake and I know she doesn't really like all that much chocolate. So I just got her like a yellow cake that had just a little bit of chocolate. Anyway, never mind. But, um, so, you know, like, <laughs> like, like he caught himself like going off on a tangent about the cake and was like, never mind. And then, and, and they aired it that way, which is like love when they air stuff that way, because it's like such a, I, I overuse this word, but it's like such a real like conversation or, or it's like something you really would say, just not canned the canned crap we get. Um, so he gives her this cake and she is like touched by that, but then they start at each other again and they start arguing and like, he feels like he's just trying to communicate and like wanting to sort of test the waters. And she's like, don't you understand that that hurts me? And uh, they just go back and forth and argue again. Um, so Victoria sees this and she also is like, you know, I probably shouldn't have all my eggs in one basket. So sh this shocked me. So she is like, the other person I'm interested in is Johnny. So she goes and gets Johnny, Johnny. They just showed Johnny with Hunter and they were kissing. And so they go to talk and Hunter's talking to Casey with like complete like I within complete eye range of Johnny and Victoria sitting on a bed together and they start kissing. I was like, what is happening? She's there doing this. Like, I want to call it awkward flirting, but it wasn't actually really awkward. It was probably real flirting, but to watch it sometimes it feels awkward for those of us watching it. That's stuff that's like not intended. I feel like for people to see, 
but it was like, like true flirting. I have a thing. I, I, I feel like so. Okay. But the kiss, I mean, like, what is he doing? I, what if, oh, see here I am. I am like talking out two sides of my mouth. On the one hand, I'm saying to Jill and Romeo and everybody else, it's been one day, like chill out. You can like, you aren't committed after one day. And now I'm mad at Johnny because he's kissing Victoria and he's really only been with Hunter one day too, but still took me by surprise. Um, so then Hunter's really sad and she says she feels really dumb and she especially feels dumb because it was like literally right in front of her face that this happened. Um, and then they have Justin, Je uh, blah, Jesse come a tinging with his glass to start the rose ceremony. So cut to the next segment and it's the rose ceremony. And I'm going to take a drink here. And let me check for time. God, sorry. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what that song was that I just was humming. It really, I think I was trying to hum the Jeopardy song. No, no, no. That was clearly not the Jeopardy song. Um, so the ceremony begins. Andrew chooses Teddy. Brandon chooses, this is the roses. So the men are giving out the roses. Andrew chooses Teddy. Brandon chooses Serene. Michael chooses Sierra. Logan chooses Shanae. None of those were surprises. Casey chooses Brittany, which is interesting to me because they like never show Casey with anyone except like women that it looks like he's having it. Like, I don't know that we ever saw Casey even talking to Brittany. Um, Whenever he's talking to someone, it looks like it's like as friends. But either way, Casey chose Brittany. Jacob chose Lace. So that's who he ended up choosing. Justin's another question mark. He ends up choosing Genevieve, which I was totally shocked. Completely thought he was going to pick. I totally thought he was going to pick uh, Victoria. Johnny chooses Victoria. What? No, you can't. Like that, I don't care that they only knew each other day. It's still mean. He was like, all the only person, I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I don't care. I like Hunter. He's like only with care. He barely even talked to Victoria like any other time except for that like five minutes where he kissed her. And then he picks her. Oh, I feel so bad for Hunter. Blah. So whatever. Okay. And then Romeo chooses Jill and she does accept. She said she wasn't, but well, I don't know that she said she wouldn't accept it. She just said it wouldn't make a difference. So she accepts it and even hugs him. So it's Haley, Hunter, and Kira that went home. And the only one I'm sad about is Hunter. <sighs> Bye, Hunter. Um, so we cut to segment four and uh, Genevieve says that from yesterday to today, she's a different person. Okay. Because you got a rose. That, that's the only reason you're a different person. Um, I, it's so convenient. Like this is a, so, so even though this is such a much more like natural environment and there is such a more relaxed environment where we, you know, get to hear and see real, much more real conversations and things like that. I still like feel the producer's manipulation happening because, um, she ITMs that, that from yesterday to today, she's a different person. And well, a it's because you got a rose. So now you're comfortable and, and you won over Victoria basically, but also conveniently, this is when Aaron and James show up. And as we know, Aaron is going to choose Genevieve to take on a date. So like, I'm certain that, you know, they brought Aaron in probably for Genevieve and they probably like asked her a question in a way for her to answer that. Like, Oh, I'm like a different person, you know, like whatever. Okay. So Aaron and James come in and the two of these guys, I am so glad they're here. I think they are so funny. Um, like, I don't know what they were saying to each other exactly when they came down, but like they meet, met J Jesse, but then they like showed a little like side clip of them, like, like flexing their muscles. And one of them telling, telling one of them that his arms are going to get a date. And the other one saying something about your abs are going to do this or <laughs> it was super funny. I just think that they they're, and they're totally in on the joke. Like, I don't think either one of them is probably that super cocky. I just think that they're in on the joke and they're going with it with that, which I am totally fine with and all about because it's fun. And it seems like it's for comedy, you know, not 
I just love it. I think they're hilarious. So they get a double date card. And when they come down, the girls go nuts and the boys are completely bumming because both of these guys have bodies out of this world. They also both have history on this show. Cut to segment and five. And we are reminded now of um, the men tell all. And at the men tell all, Shanae, you know, Shanae and Genevieve were the two that were combated against each other um, in that two-on-one date with Clayton. And um, at the men tell all, Shanae and her both took the hot seat together. And Shanae accused Genevieve of being like so sad that she got... Um, sent home by Clayton. But as soon as she left the show, she went and hooked up with Aaron, which Genevieve still says that was, that's not true at all. And she still said it on this show that that was not true at all. So I don't know what history Aaron and Genevieve have, but it feels like that where there's smoke, there's fire. And Shanae couldn't have got that from nowhere, but I don't know. Maybe they just hung out. Who knows? Either way. Um, this is all set up like this. Okay. I, I feel like it has to be. Um, but we get reminded of that. They even cut back to that mental all and show that clip. So, can, uh, so Aaron pulls, we only see Aaron pull people to talk to him and he pulls Genevieve and then he pulls Shanae. Well, that gets time for them to ask two girls on each on a date or one girl each. And Genevieve does get asked by Aaron, but James asks Shanae. Okay, we did not see Shanae get talked to by James even, but James asked Shanae. And um, I made a note here before the next segment um, that they are going to end up friends. Okay. And maybe, I guess that's not that big a spoiler because I believe that that was even on a teaser. But it seems completely obvious, even despite that teaser, that that's what's going to happen because they're so, so, so playing about how much Aaron and James are friends and how they'll be fine and it'll all be okay going on a double date. But, oh my gosh, I wish I could be, you know, like a fly on the wall to see this, this rule, this could really go bad, blah, blah, blah. And they're like making a big deal about how bad it could go. So we always know that when they say one thing, it's actually going to mean another. And well, we know we're right. So we cut to segment six. And, um, they have a funny conversation <laughs> between, um, Jane, uh, who was his name? Jacob, Jacob and Lace. And he was like, um, like they're talking about traveling and stuff and where each other had been. And he was like, I was, I went to Hong Kong for my 22nd birthday. And she was like, Hong Kong, why'd you go to Hong Kong? He was like, I went for my 22nd birthday with my friends. And she was like, but why'd you choose Hong Kong? And he was like, Oh, cause my friends were like, oh, that you've got to go there. It's a really great place. And he was like, but not, not like Hong Kong, the city. He was like Hong Kong, that strip club in Tijuana. <laughs> that was good. I like that, that fool at it. Let's just keep it coming. Um, so then the two, the double date couples leave and, um, they show them like having this really good time together. So the girls are like playing chicken in the pool. You know what that is, right? That's what that's called. You know that, right? At least that's what we call it in my day when you get on the guys' shoulders and you wrestle, you know? So they're playing chicken together and having fun doing it. And then they have this like eating contest thing and then they're all dancing and it's like fun, fun, fun. And then they show Genevieve and Shanae like, so James and um, Aaron are like dancing in the pool, like, being silly or whatever. And, um, they're talking, you can tell they're sort of having fun. They're like, you know, not expecting this, but having a good time. Definitely call it. Um, so then they show Aaron and Genevieve, like they're off together, just the two of them. And, and again, they're having this like totally normal, like good, I guess I would call it somewhat mature conversation just about both kind of like what they want and why sort of they're liking the, like each other, like the read, like specific reasons why, Hey, this is what I'm kind of liking about you. And this is what I'm liking about you. And, and, but it wasn't in like a cheesy, corny bachelory way. It seemed like a, just a normal, like conversation way. Okay. So then they kiss. Um, then we cut to segment seven and it is, um, Shanae and James that are talking and Shanae tells him that she feels really, really comfortable with James and they kiss 
And like, he asks her about Logan and she's like, I mean, we have a connection, but I don't like know how strong it is. And I was like, I don't feel like we just saw you on that date. And it seemed pretty freaking strong to me. And you definitely indicated that it seemed pretty strong to you too. But I guess, what are you going to say? So they kiss and then they actually show Shinday in a, wait for it, wait for it, vulnerable moment. And she's crying in her ITM about the fact that she has both Logan and now she has feelings for James and like not wanting to be like in a, like a, um, love triangle and not wanting to like hurt Logan, but she likes Jane, like whatever. So she gets like upset about it and then actually cries in her ITM. And it seemed like real. Cause like, she was like trying not to. Um, so then they have, oh, this was so dumb. Let me see how much time I have left. Oh, I better stop for a second. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. We're getting there. I'm not doing too bad for like having to cover two shows here. All right. So, um, all right. So then Ashley and Jared come down the steps. Ashley, I, and Jared, I, <laughs> um, Ashley and, and so they come down the steps and Jesse's there waiting for them, but goes, what are you guys doing here? Stop it. Stop doing that. Jesse, come on, come on. You know why they're there. You're not just happening to be standing at the base of these steps, like just waiting for people to come all day. So, all right, whatever, I'll go with it. Yeah, okay, why are you there, Ashley and Jared? And um, so they're like, oh, you know, we just had baby Dawson and you know, can we never have had time to like, just like be away by ourselves. Okay, okay, so what you're telling me is that you came to Bachelor in Paradise. Why do they do this? Like you came to Bachelor in Paradise for vacation. Okay. Did you like, are you really going to try to convince me that you came here for vacation? It cracks me up that they insist on making us believe that that's the case. Not that they, for any production reasons whatsoever, had to let them know. They just, oh, let's, hell, let's just show up. Let's just show, because Jess, you'll just be standing at the base of those steps anyway. He just stands there all day. And when we come down, he won't know why we're coming. And we're just going to, like, they'll give us a room. That's it. We'll just, like, it'll be just a vacation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, all right. Cut to segment eight. Um, and Ashley is there to have a little girl talk with the girls. Okay. Jill starts crying because her situation is so grim. Um, Teddy here is saying that she is not hundred percent sure about Andrew. So we get the first sort of questionable, like, um, connection between them. And, um, so as Jesse's waiting down there all day, as he does, we get Rodney, but I'm so excited because I love Rodney. Now he, I, he felt a bit awkward and very, very sweaty on this little part yet that he was on the show here, but, but I do love Rodney and just thinks he's the sweetest little guy ever. Um, so he's got a date card, of course, and he asks Jill to go talk. And then he asks Teddy to go talk. And Teddy, I was, this is, this is very confusing, very confusing. And I wish I knew how much of this was authentic um, and how much was for production. I don't, I don't know. Teddy seems pretty for the right reasons, but so Teddy seems very into Rodney and said, told him that she wished that he would come like she was hoping he would come and seemed very excited and, and, and really enjoyed the conversation with him. But as soon as the conversation was over, she went up like by herself and got upset. Okay. And she's crying because I guess, because she's not feeling about Andrew, how she wants to, and is like into Rodney, but instead of like, treating it like the show that it is paradise and being like, well, I'm just not into Andrew. So maybe I'll, cause she told, she told Ronnie, she was hoping he'd come and he's there. Okay. So they cut them to commercial. When they come back, Teddy goes and pulls Andrew and tells him, basically she's just honest with him. She tells him that she doesn't feel like she's not affectionate toward him. And she knows that he, he would like that, but she doesn't like know why, like she said, I enjoy kissing you and I enjoy talking with you and things like that. But I just don't like, I feel like basically she says she feels like there's something missing. I'm taking a drink. She doesn't quite know what it is. She also tells him that she wanted him to come down there. 
she said, if you knew that I wouldn't, wasn't coming to paradise, would you, or if I was leaving, would you leave? Or like, would you be here if you, if you knew I wasn't going to come? Sorry. (laughs) And he said, no. And she felt bad about that. And then, so they, they go back and forth um, in this conversation and he, you know, she starts crying and he's like, it's, it's okay. And, you know, he definitely is acting disappointed. Um, but she's trying to be honest with him and like, you know, he deserves the best, all that kind of stuff. But then she's just, there's like just something missing and she can't really pinpoint what it is. And so, um, then they, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty mature conversation though. I thought they both like kept their composure. I think that's the trick to, for me feeling like it is a mature conversation because they both keep their composure. No one's ye- yelling and screaming and ITMing like weird, crazy things. Um, but it was like a very mature breakup slash conversation. Um, but the only thing that annoyed the hell out of me is that like, she had the, like, like the big ponytail up. I love her hair, but she had the big ponytail up. And then she had like, I, and I don't like when people do this, when they take two, just little, like just little tiny strips of hair and have them like hanging down, you know, by their cheeks. I mean, and I like, like, just as a side note, I like when it's like more chunks of hair, like coming down, like loose, like, like kind of a messy loose, but I, I really don't like it when they take just like little, little tiny strips of hair and have them hanging down on each side of their face. And like the wind kept blowing one of the really tiny pieces in her face instead of just putting it behind her ear. That's the only thing that's going to make the wind keep blowing. She would like push it just to the side, just like to the side of her cheek, like a push on it. She did that 8,000 times. And I couldn't even focus on the conversation because the wind kept blowing that piece of hair right into her eye. And she'd move it just over to the side of her cheek, over the side of her cheek, over the side of her cheek. Just put it behind your ear. Why is it hanging there anyway? It's just this teensy tiny little piece of hangy hair. Oh, God. Okay. I'm done with that now. Um, but finally she did at the very end, like right before she left, it was, I noticed it was behind her ear, but like, stop doing that. So, okay. So she walks away and, um, like after her hair is behind her ear and ooh, she walks away and, um, she's crying. So Jill comes running up to talk to her and, um, and they're like, she's like telling her basically what we just heard about how she feels bad about Andrew and like all this. Okay. And so then we cut to segment 10 and, um, I don't know, Teddy's packing, she's packing and she is leaving apparently. And they show her talking to producer and she is saying she doesn't want to say goodbye and she just wants to leave. And they're like, you don't even want to say goodbye to anybody. And she's like, no, I just want to leave. I don't get it. Like, I'm so confused. I'm just like Serene. So then they show Serene asking Wells, do you know where, um, Teddy is? And he's like, she's gone. And she's like, she's gone. Cause Wells knows everything. And so like they show Serene, like just being like dumbfounded that, that she would leave. Cause they're really good friends. And she can't believe that she just left without even saying goodbye. I am too. I also don't understand why she left because why don't, don't you want to go after Rodney? Like, I, and so it kind of, kind of makes me wonder if Teddy's not going to come back because they made a, I mean, it is a big deal and it was very weird. It was very sudden. I guess is what it was. Like it seemed like an irrational sudden move for her. Like I get, she was upset, but she's also into Rodney. So like, why not stay? But then also, why wouldn't you say goodbye? Cause you're like apparently really good friends with all these girls. So I'm thinking, and I'm wondering whether she won't come back maybe in like the next episode or two or three, like she'll decide that that was a dumb. Th- okay. So that's what I'm going to like predict is maybe she's going to come back, but we just see them like making a deal about it. But then we also see Rodney like pacing in his room, like, Oh, who am I going to pick for my date? Who am I going to pick for my date? Well, you see him ITMing about having this great connection with Teddy. And then he comes down, like, saying, I know where Teddy is. And so Jill and Serene are like, look, he, she left. And he's like, she left. And that was that. And then we get this very long preview. Um, again, you learn that things are shaken up. Like Shanae is upset about being in this love triangle. You see um, new people coming down. Who else was it that came down? Was it? Well, I don't know. The biggest impact was that Sally comes. She was the very last one. And she's like, hi, I'm Sally. And they have Sally come down. 
So we'll be very, very curious to see if Sally is actually a pawn in the producer's hands and is along in on all this and was totally aware of all the things that they're doing the kind of like looking like they're infringing on her privacy and doing this stupid little skit about her or whether they are doing her wrong. So we will find out soon enough. So that was the end. We did it. We recapped two. Well, looks like I'll probably be doing that this whole season. I didn't even look, but I'm assuming next week is a Monday and Tuesday too. So, um, Looks like it'll continue to be dramatic. Looks like I'm going to continue to like watch it Monday and Tuesday and probably do just what I did tonight. Um, so like, yeah, thanks for listening guys. Um, as always, and I always should say this at the beginning, I would love it if you guys would go and like review, if you please stick your reviews in there for me, just these little short sentences about how awesome this podcast is. Um, that would be great. If you like, give me some five-star ratings, like subscribe, follow, go follow me on Instagram, reality of the rose. Um, I'll try, I'm try, I try to put content up. I'm not the best at it, but like I put more on my stories than I do in my feed, but I don't even care. Just follow me. Cause why not just follow one more Instagram account? Um, any of that I appreciate, like you don't believe. Um, so the Bible verse for the end of today's show is, um, oh gosh, I, it is Psalm hundred verse five. And it is for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues for each generation. I hope that you all have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.